the NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And football bingo is back. This time for the NFL Christmas Day Slate. It's free to play and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card. Just go ask Cody exclusively on the SGPN app. Driver, start your engine! Strap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. An exciting day for you today because racing things are what we're here to talk about and there are racing things to talk about, Cody, as we finally now have uh, a few of our driver win totals that we can start looking at. Cody, this is exciting, exciting times on the show. Yes, it's finally here. We got more odds for NASCAR, more stuff to talk about, some, some win total uh over unders for drivers uh, i'm super excited to just go through this i full transparency i've not even looked at the list i, I noticed that it was there but i i didn't look at what anybody's numbers were because i want to go through it and react in real time on the show and uh, and see where where that takes us it's so beautiful in that cody wants the raw reaction this is what you get <laughs> on this show you get raw reactions and and just absolutely gut reactions to this because anybody can sit there and study for 16 hours and overanalyze things uh but gut reactions are are you know a lot of the people don't click on uh uh videos half the time unless it's like the reaction remember the react reaction videos where somebody's watching something and, and you're just watching somebody watch something <laughs> yeah absolutely those are the best ones to watch right <laughs> or something's going on and all you hear in the background is somebody go, oh or ooh, oh no uh <laughs> exactly <laughs> no yeah i'm excited to, to to go through them and and yeah just be able to to figure it out in in real time and see where some of these guys are set at and because i I mean, I kind of have an idea in my head, you know, of, of where I think maybe some of these drivers should be set and yeah, be interesting to see how, how close I was or where we think we could find an advantage to, to bet on. I'm going to rename this episode. Uh, Cody's reaction video is what it's going to end up being. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. But before we do, 
it's become a tradition now in the offseason to start counting down to the season starting. So, Cody, where are we at, my friend? Well, we're at 46 days until the clash at the L.A. Coliseum. That's nothing. And 60 days until the Daytona 500. Um, so, car number 60, this is a fun one. So, going to do a little bit differently here. In the Cup Series, it's got 352 starts, one victory. But I'm going to focus on the Xfinity Series for the number 60 because the number 60 in the Xfinity Series is absolutely legendary. Over 600 starts for the number 60 just with Roush. Well, now it's Roush Fenway Kozlowski. At the time, it was just Roush Race. Um, over 600 starts, 93 wins um, for that number 60 car which was an absolute just dominating car. Mark Martin, uh, the original driver of it, uh, went to victory lane 39 times and led almost 7,000 laps in his limited action in the series. Uh, so, so I was going back and looking through this, and Mark Martin was, was kind of the original guy, drove the car from 92 to 2000 pretty much. Um, mo that whole time was him. And then... Just listen to the names that have driven this car. So Mark Martin, right? Legendary driver. Him and Denny Hamlin are, are basically 1A and 1B for greatest drivers ever in NASCAR to not have won a championship. Greg Biffle went on to you know a great Cup Series career. Another guy, a very good driver that, that was unable to win a championship. Um, then you got Stanton Barrett in there. He, he hung around for a little while. Carl Edwards. Boy, we're seeing a trend here, right? Great, great drivers that didn't win championships. Uh, I'm going to blame his not winning a championship on most of his the the meat of his career being during Jimmy Johnson's run, and uh, I believe he finished second to him multiple times. Uh, Hank Parker Jr. drove this car. Billy Johnson, Trevor Bain goes on to be the youngest ever winner of the Daytona 500, winning it in his first career start. Travis Pastrana spent some time in this car. Obviously, very famous, uh, I believe, Red Bull athlete and whatever all he does there. Christopher Busher, uh, another driver who spent some time in this car. Obviously, he's now full-time with Roush Fenway Keselowski, won this past season at Bristol. Uh, Greg Alding spent some time in this car. He's a guy who's been in and out of the Cup Series for a while. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., full-time Cup Series driver, was with Roush, was with Roush in the Cup Series. Now he's over at uh, JTG Doherty, but he's got a few Cup Series uh, wins. Ty Majeski in 2017 spent some time in this. He just made it to the Final Four in the Truck Series. Austin Sindrick, another rookie, the only two rookies to ever win the Daytona 500, spent time in this car, in number 60 car. Uh, Chase Briscoe drove this car a few times. Obviously, now a Cup Series winner this past season for the first time. At Phoenix, a full-time Stuart Haas driver. I believe he ended up making it to the, the final eight uh, this season. So, man, what what a number of drivers that have gone through that Roush program. It's sad that, that they don't have that, that car anymore after 2018. That program went away. Um, Roush has been, if you know anything about the history of NASCAR, they at one point were a powerhouse. I mean, they were what Hendrick is now to, to NASCAR. I mean, back in the day when it was allowed, they had five cars in the cup series 
They were all good. They won multiple championships in a row back in 03, 04 with Matt Kenseth, Kurt Busch, um, and, and constantly just had winners in those cars between Greg Biffle, Carl Edwards, Mark Martin, some of these other guys that we named. Um, and so, yeah, just for for the number 60 car, absolutely iconic number. Not so much in the Cup Series, like I said, um, with the, the 352 starts. The most of that was Doug Cooper with 52. Jeff Bodine started 46 races in that. Um, the one win went to Bill Rexford, uh, and he only had 10 starts in that number. But in the Xfinity Series, number 60, an absolutely legendary car. Uh, I know Brad Keselowski, now that he is part of, of RFK, Rouch Fenway, Kozlowski has talked about expanding back into the Xfinity Series. And if they do, I really hope they bring that number 60 back just because of the iconicness of that car in the Xfinity Series. Sounds like there was 60 different drivers in that 60 car. <laughs> yeah, some point. All, I mean, a majority of those names are relatively well-known names, right? It's, I mean, there's a couple guys in there that they really only had a cup of coffee up in the Cup Series or are newer, obviously, but with bigger teams and, you know, we and already have wins and everything, and we expect to see it for a while. So, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of drivers, but a lot of success. Ninety three wins in that number two, uh, just for that for that program alone. I didn't even look back to see if that number was run pri- previous to Roush, just because of the significance just during its time with Roush. Ah, I love it. I love all of this history. This is why this is why I keep coming back to listen to the show. I'm like, ah, oh, I want to hear it well, again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's fun. I mean, just from our point of view, I mean, I've kind of known, you know, the 60 car. I, I remember it growing up and watching it always. But like to actually kind of sit down and look at the numbers, I was like, man, that's over 600 starts, 93 wins. Mark Martin alone led 7000 laps almost in it. Uh, just crazy numbers you know i know that we love to get swept up in the commercialism of podcasting and and the informative nature of everything but you know drop back we're fans we've always been fans we love this kind of stuff and as much as this is all for you guys out there listening i gotta tell you more often than not some of the stuff that i get out of this it's like i'm glad i get to share it with you but truth be told i'd do it even if i couldn't like i I love i love this so uh, thank exactly. you. Yeah, true fan. I got my old Casey Kane number five shirt on. Yeah, from, you do. This is old ratty shirt. It's like falling apart, but I still like wearing it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, been a, been just a fan for a long time. Uh, okay, well, have you been a fan since 1963, Cody? Uh, not not quite, not quite that long. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> two, the year. Two years shy of that. That's the year we're gonna dip back again. The 2023 season starts uh, in in just over 60 days, or actually 60 days now. Uh, as Cody said, or whatever you listen, maybe just under. Uh, Cody, I'm not, again, not going to try to, to test you on who was the 1963 NASCAR Grand National Champion. Uh, so I will just go ahead and tell you it was Joe Weatherly. He was the winner of the uh, 1963 season, made 53 starts uh, in that. 53. Hold on. Yeah. 53 starts. 53 starts. All right, I miss. Then this is something we'll dig into later, but rumors that NASCAR's looking at going to 42 races. I would love it, but 53. 53 Woo. starts. Yeah. And he wasn't even fit. Uh, uh, the second place made 54. So he even missed a race, apparently, and still ended up uh, taking on the championship. Only three wins, 20 top fives, but 35 top tens. 
uh, to Joe Weatherly's season for an annual earning uh, of uh, $74,623.76. That was his his winner. Uh, The top 10 in this started with Joe Weatherly, actually as the champion, right? Went to some guy named Richard Petty. Uh, what happened to that guy? I don't know, but with Weatherly, Weatherly finished with thirty three thousand three hundred ninety eight points. Richard Petty, uh, a close second, <laughs> I say, thirty one thousand one hundred and seventy points. He made fifty four starts. Richard Petty had fourteen wins on the season. Did not win the championship. Can you believe that? That's crazy. It's uh, what a t- what a time that was when it. I mean. It was so different then than it is now where, you know, guys didn't go to every race and they were all over the place and you ran multiple races at at same tracks and 14 wins in a season. That's, that's incredible. And he didn't even win the championship. Did not even win the championship. So the rounding out the top 10, it was Joe Weatherly in first, Richard Petty in second, Fred Lorenzen in third, Ned Jarrett in uh, fourth, Fireball Roberts in fifth. Jimmy Pardue in sixth. I know, right? Daryl Dyinger in uh, seventh. David Pearson in eighth. Rex White in ninth. And Tiny Lund in tenth. But here's the most interesting part about uh, Joe Weatherly's championship. He drove for nine different team owners in that 63 season. Wow, uh, can you figure out the owners' championship points in that season? I don't know that. <laughs> think, the- think about the the musical chairs we had this season with uh, trying to score some owners' points and race for. Would you say nine different owners? <laughs> nine different team owners. He he primarily raced for a team owned by Bud Moore, uh, but re- he only entered select major events for that. So uh, definitely, he was one of those drivers that Bud Moore had him for a few of the big races. So he had to fill out the rest of his starts with different cars. He basically was a champion, but drove for who he was a, a mercenary, a, a right, NASCAR yeah, mercenary. Whoever, whoever's got it right open, I'll jump in and and uh, yeah, that's hey, we we've seen a few guys jump around and drive different car numbers for different teams throughout the year to to do that and and be the champion. That's pretty impressive. That was a pretty loaded top ten too. A lot of those names are, are pretty legendary names of of guys that that were very pioneering in the sport and and really cemented their names in history fred lorenzen one hundred twenty two thousand five hundred and eighty seven dollars and 28 cents was his earning he was the only one in six digits that year so and he was third place that's a boy we might need to break out the calculator and see what that what that translates to today probably not what they're making these days but uh (laughs) Quite a bit for then, at least. <laughs> Not even a little, but uh, interesting though to have a guy. I mean, we talk about we talk about guys filling in here and there, right? And and you know, being a contract driver in in certain areas. But I don't it, unheard of to drive for nine different owners and just sort of like showing up at a garage one day saying, uh, "Hey, by the way, uh, I'd like to race in your <laughs> I'd like to race in your car this weekend." Imagine if like Kyle Larson doesn't have a contract and he like shows up one week in a Hendrick car and just wins, and then like the next week it's a Penske car, and then then he jumps over into a Toyota for Gibbs and win. I mean, he's the type of driver who could do that, right? But to be able to jump into different cars, I mean, w- with the Petties and stuff, you know, it was Richard and 
his brother was building Maurice was building the engines for him and they kind of had their own program down and and this guy's just jumping in anybody and everybody's car or whoever's got a car for him and and beats Richard in the points pretty pretty crazy makes me wonder if they knew <laughs> if they were just like <laughs> what what who's that in the car today oh that's Weatherly oh okay yeah. cool <laughs> yeah, you think it's hard to keep track now where they switch up the sponsorships and and you know you got the Gibbs guys where they switch Dewalt to from the twenty where it's always at to the eighteen and you're like oh it's confusing. Keep track of what number Weatherly's in this week, right? <laughs> well, and the the most impressive part about it is that he only won three races in the entire, but he had a better average finish mm-hmm. in the higher. Well, he had a high, yeah, better higher, a higher, better, higher finish than did uh, than did Petty uh, or not Petty? Who was it? Uh, yeah, second Petty place. Was, yeah, it was yeah. Petty. Yeah, Richard Petty. Um, he had a better average finish in the higher earning of the higher prestigious events. Then did Petty, and so that's why he ended up getting the championship is because, you know, the points were awarded, they were weighted more toward those higher, right, right. higher yeah, events. Like, like Indy does now, right, where you get double points for, for the Indy 500. Yeah, yeah, so that was exactly it. He he had better finishes when it mattered versus Petty, and that's why he only won three races, but uh, Petty had like a 17th place average, and, and uh, Weatherly had an 8th place average. It's just, it's it's crazy. It's I love... I love it because it was it's just so foreign. It's a foreign concept to what we're used to today. Yeah, it's crazy how much the sport has changed and and shifted since those days and to look back on it is is a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. Uh all right. Well, we're done looking back. We're going to go ahead and look forward to the future. Let's take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to look at some win totals for some of these drivers that are driving today. And guaranteed, they're not going to drive for nine different team owners. I guarantee you that. <laughs> So we'll be right back. But before we do, and as we always do, let me tell you about WinBet. It's the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGEN only, try your luck at WinBet's Parlay Wheel. You get great odds, promos, payouts happening right now at WinBet. Are you ready to play? Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100, win hundred dollars this is always limited to state availability so much to choose from it all you have to do is head over to sports podcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that's sports podcast.com slash w-y-n-n-b-e-t to claim your free bet today offer subject to chain terms and just winbet.com must be 21 or older and presence here play through winbet is available if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 please don't forget to enter the sgpn mini helmet contest Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet, just like the band. Football bingo is back, this time for the NFL Christmas Day slate. Free to play, and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card. It is exclusively on the SGPN app. Cody, you are a past SGPN bingo winner, am I right? That is correct. I did enter. We're, that's the nice thing about this company. We're still allowed to enter the contests, right? And uh, and with this one, you can have unlimited winners. So I'm not taking away a prize from anybody else. But I did enter Thanksgiving, uh, the bingo, and it's pretty cool. It, I mean, they're randomly generated bingo cards like anything else. And it was, you know, I needed Josh Allen to throw for two touchdowns. And I think it was like Ezekiel Elliott to get a touchdown and whatever and lined it up and you know, I'm watching my card throughout the day, and I'm like, oh, there's another, oh, there's another, oh, oh, I got a bingo. And then, yeah, $100, uh, yeah, just PayPal'd it right over to me, and then 
hundred dollars for the the uh, merch store as well, and found some pretty neat stuff over there. So uh, good time. Definitely go enter because it's just no no skill required. You don't have to make any picks. Just a random bingo card, and if you win, you win. Well, I know I will be doing that because I want a stocking stuffer uh, in the form of some sort of SGP merch. I cannot wait for all of mine to come. I, I just placed my order. Uh, I'm getting some good I just, stuff. I got a mail delivery yesterday with uh, with some stuff in there. I placed another order and got some old-fashioned football shirts. Mine's coming. Uh, I got my got a hoodie for my wife. Lots, lots of fun stuff in there. So, uh, yeah, let's do that merch store. Oof, we talked about it before, but we could easily spend our entire SGP paychecks over there if we're not careful. Uh, who said I didn't already? Uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Ryan and uh, Sean and Ryan. They uh, give it to us and we just give it right yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> we just hand it right back to them. Take my money, please. Um, all right, let's let's uh, take a look at some of these win totals. Uh, look around. They're out there. Uh, we just we want you to, to start looking because I think there's a couple of them that we can kind of jump on a little early. So, uh, Cody, why don't we just go ahead and start right at the top? I see the first one listed right now as Kevin Harvick. His win total is set at one and a half with the juice juiced under at minus 150 uh, and the over is at plus 120. Initial reactions, Cody, to Kevin Harvick, one and a half wins. Where, where are we? What are we looking at? Well, based on the juice, right? They think he's going to go under uh, minus one fifty over at plus one twenty. Man, I, I mean, just immediately, I, I kind of lean the over, right? We talked about Harvick last year, started the season out, and it was kind of like, yeah, maybe he's not going to figure out this new car. I was really off of him for a while. You finally talked me into it. You hit him big when he won at Michigan. Did it back to back weeks, Michigan and Richmond. We saw a lot of really good runs from Harvick in twenty twenty two. 2023 is it going to be his last season he says he'll know by daytona um he 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 said he felt like he would know by then what he wanted to do and he figured he'll announce then um so yeah could this be his final season we know it going in farewell tour see that number four in victory lane a couple more times does he decide he's going to come back either way kevin harvick is not a guy you can ever count out i don't think Uh, i mean he's called the closer for a reason Right, I wrote him off early in the season. He proved me wrong late in the season, and we, we ended up winning a lot of money on him later on in the season as as we got on to him more. And uh, we talk about it so many times, just the consistency, right? He's the bingo square on the DFS, the bingo, the free bingo square for your fantasy teams and fantasy lineups. Like He's going to be there consistently week in and week out. And when you got a guy like that that's going to put himself in the top five, in the top ten, at the end of these races, there's going to be green-white checkers. There's going to be other things where he's going to be able to put himself in a situation to be the closer, right, like we, we've always known him as, close out these races and win. And we saw it in those races last year. He struggled a little bit down the stretch in the playoffs, but with those back-to-back wins at Michigan and, and Richmond, I think it was Richmond, wasn't it, the second one? Um, but, yeah, we, we saw that he can still get it done. Rodney Childers, his crew chief, arguably the best crew chief in the garage. He is very, very good at his job, very experienced. Those guys work extremely well together. Um, so, yeah, if I'm going to bet this one today, I'm definitely taking the over. You're getting a plus 120 as well. So you can't beat that, right? You know, and and believe me when I say that I want to wholeheartedly say this is not going to be Kevin Harvick's season again because 
it's just it's easy to say. It's an easy narrative to ride. It's it's easy to be like, well, you know, this is his last season. Just everything you had said right in the in the pro just use it as a negative because then you could just be like, "Ah, oh, but it is his last season. He's probably got one foot in the booth. He's he's probably just now kind of getting himself set for uh for for making something happen and you know, it's just a matter of of him I guess, you know, having his his self mentally prepared for a, a last season. Now he hasn't announced it yet. So, heaven forbid we we get that announcement within the next month or so. Maybe he makes up his mind, but I will say this: it we saw how so difficult it was to repeat as a winner last season. Even though several drivers did it, it still felt like it was it was tough because Ross Chastain comes out, rips off a couple of wins, and then doesn't win again. You know, like Kevin Harvick rips off a couple of wins, and we think, oh well, he's uh, he's about to go on a tear, doesn't win again. So uh, it's hard to win once let alone twice in this in this series and now that the the teams have this figured out and have this car kind of dialed in more than they did last season will we see even more winners will we see this extend even farther out to 17 18 19 different winners heaven forbid um you know it just it's such a a weird season now because it, it feels like we have more unknowns this year because everybody's got it figured out than we did last year when nobody had it figured out so uh but all that to say cody i'm gonna lean with you on the over i like plus 120 i like two wins for kevin harvick it just it still feels like a trap uh, and and maybe the bookmakers are like me in that they feel like yes he can get there which is why which is why cody i think the over is not necessarily an outrageous number it's not anywhere in the 200s it's not in the 300s it's, it's literally only plus 120 so they're still saying eh, it can happen but then the minus 150 is telling you but it probably won't yeah well, i think you hit it nail nail on the head right there because yeah the, the way they have it priced is clearly to the under right at minus 150 but at the same time they're not giving you too much to go over because he is one of those borderline guys I would say you're going to see him get a win in 2023. I think it would be very hard to not see Kevin Harvick make it to victory lane. Now, as we saw this last season, anything can happen. Anything can happen, right? We saw guys like Ryan Blaney, Martin Trix Jr., who you would have thought going into the season, for sure these guys are going to get wins. They did not reach victory lane. We saw it. We ended up with, what, 19 different winners, 20, I think, if you count Ryan Blaney winning the all-star race. So we've seen all these different guys that can win. Now you go into this next season, you say, well, all those guys could probably win again, right? Plus you have six super speedways mixed in there. That could be six potential different winners. You've got Martin Truex Jr. who didn't win. Maybe somebody could make an argument. I won't that he's going to win any races. Um, but Ryan Blaney should win a race, right? Uh, you've got guys like Ty Gibbs coming up into the series. You think maybe he's going to win something. Uh, and so, man, it, it's hard because you could make an argument, a legit argument for probably 25 different drivers to win a race in 2023, right? Are we going to see that many winners? I highly doubt it. Are we going to see 19 again? I don't think we will. It That was such an outlier for what we've seen. But this new car, the level playing field, maybe it gets there again. I just, I don't see that happening. I think we're going to see some regression back towards the cream of the crop rising to the top. We're going to see 
the big money teams and all their resources and all their money is going to create more of an advantage the more time they have with this car. So I think that's going to shrink, but I think that helps Kevin Harvick's case. Less winners gives him more of a chance for more wins because he's still one of the top tier drivers on a top tier team. Well, you said something about Martin Truex Jr. and his uh, quasi-retirement. Let's move down the list to Mr. Martin Truex Jr. His win total, Cody, is set at the same as Kevin Harvick. No, are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. One and a half race wins for Martin Truex Jr. And get this, his juice is to the over. Minus 155 for over one and a half, plus 125 for under one and a half for a man that did not win a race in 2020 or uh, one or 2022 rather all of a sudden his win total is set at the same as a guy who has who won two races looked way better than martin truex jr and yet here we are here we are talking about martin truex jr to win two races in a season when potentially he probably won't even make it the whole way through who knows Oh, as I look at it, he's listed by one of his teammates. Maybe we can talk about this guy next because between the two of them, I will put my entire 401k on the under of both of these guys wins one and a half. Ray, are you kidding? I would have took the under on a half a race. So under one and a half at plus money plus 125. Whew, I cannot. I'm driving to Iowa tomorrow places, but <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? I why? What makes you think he's going to win? Did he really even come that close to winning one race this year? The closest, nah, I mean, he, nah, he, he basically bailed out of a bunch of races just because of, uh, well, I mean, look, granted, I will say that there was, there was sparks of him doing well, but those quickly went away in the same race half the time. And I, I guess maybe I'll make the opposite argument when we get to Ryan Blaney, but yes, there was a few times throughout the season where he had good cars, right? Where it seemed like he dominated almost parts of the race and then something would go wrong. Maybe he just couldn't catch a break, but I'm just so far out on Martin tricks jr. That there is nothing appealing about him to me anymore. I think he's checked out. I think he's only back because he brings sponsorship with him. I think that bass pro money is something that gives wanted. They wanted one more season with him, with, with Kyle Bush leaving the fold, right? You can't lose, both of those big name veterans and champions of the sport in the same season. Uh, but yeah, out completely out on Martin tricks jr. I would have taken his under at half win. Uh, I don't think he's going to get visit victory lane at all. I think this is going to be his final season. I think he hangs it up and walks off into the sunset after 2023 without reaching victory lane. Well, no wins four top fives, 15 top tens last season, an average start of 15.3 average finish of 14.9 so he wasn't even finishing much higher than he started and five dnfs all season long you say four top fives four top five finishes yes so they think he's gonna go from four top fives to turning two of those into wins i mean why he had a fourth place finish at richmond a fifth place at talladega and then a fourth place finish at loudon and a fifth place finish at kansas and that that was the extent to which his his top fives. Also, where's he at in the pecking order for, for Gibbs, right? So you have Denny Hamlin, who's one of the top drivers in the sport right now. He's at the top of his game, right? You have Christopher Bell, 
who's young, not as young as everybody thinks he is. He's actually older than like Chase Elliott. He's 27, but he's still a young guy. Made the final four this this past season, right? He ended up winning, I think, three races throughout the season. So he's, you know, kind of up and comer. He's long-term project for, for Gibbs and long-term driver. You got the grandson stepping up, right? Ty Gibbs, he's coming into the fold. Martin Truex Jr., where does he fall in that? I mean, is he going to be the fourth most important driver? We talk about that with teams like Hendrick where Alex Bowman's kind of hanging out at the bottom of that cliff. Yeah, he'll snag a win here or there, but but he's not getting the, the same thing as Chase Elliott as Kyle Larson week in and week out, right? You look at Stuart Haas, Cole Custer always has kind of been at the bottom of that rung. Yeah, Kevin Harvick's great at the top, but when you're spreading those resources out over four cars, where does Martin Truex Jr. fall in the Gibbs lineup of, of drivers? He's at least third. I'm going to say he's probably fourth, right? I would have to agree with you as far as he's probably the bottom right now because, again, he's the one that's hanging on and probably right. not yeah, going to be there. Yeah, he's halfway out the door already. Yeah. Right? We already <laughs> refer to him as retired, so <laughs> he just has to officially do it now, right? Yeah. I mean, look, with you, I'm with you on the under. There's just no way. I, I can't. And and honestly, an under at plus money right now for for this, I, I just, you got to swoop on this now before they wake up. Uh, and again, it's not like it's it's priced ridiculously out, uh, over the roof at plus one twenty five, but plus money is plus money, and and for a, a bet that's pretty much sure to cash yeah, to get to get this at plus money is crazy. I I would I would understand putting the line at one and a half if you're going to juice the under, but for to, to juice the overall one and a half, that makes no sense at all to me. This uh, I'm going to guess again. I haven't looked through all of these. This is going to be one of my favorites on the board uh, easily. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, yeah, let's just let's lock in that under one and a half at plus 125 for Martin Truex Jr. Let's move on to the guy you just talked about, Christopher Bell. Uh, he is set at one and a half. His over is juiced at minus 150. His under is at plus 120. Christopher Bell last season, three wins, 12 top fives, 20 top tens. Average start of 10.1, average finish of 13.8, six DNFs. But, of course, you know his miraculous uh, playoff performances where he won at Charlotte on the road course, uh, you know, sign gate. gate. Yeah, cardboard gate. And then won again at Martinsville uh, before finishing 10th at Phoenix. Uh, a disappointing day to end the season. But, again, Christopher Bell, you just talked about it, how, how much better and how much more the Gibbs organization probably values him over a guy like Martin Truex Jr. Um, but to see that the over is juiced at minus 150 here at one and a half, that makes more sense. Yeah, I think that this is probably the, the one that's set just about right. Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't know which way to go on this because like we just talked about with Gibbs, their, their driver lineup is changing. Things, a lot's changing over there. Obviously, Kyle Bush out the door. Ty Gibbs is in the door now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they just place their priorities at. And I don't know with Christopher Bell reaching the final four this past season, that should be a, a positive sign for him, right? He, he should do good going forward. You think that he's going to be around long-term with them. He, he's kind of going to be an anchor for that team. One and a half wins. I could see it. But I could see him not getting there too. This is I'm struggling with this one. I don't I don't really know. I'm kind of interested to see what you think on this one because I don't really know which way to lean on this. 
Well, for me, it's it's a little bit of taking what he learned last season toward the end of it. Because, again, it did look like he put together a pretty decent back half of the season, and especially the last over-the-playoff run, right? I mean, you had to win or had to get a good finish to move on. He did. So yeah, both those last two wins, he had to win to get in, yeah. and he did. So that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, back against the wall, he got two wins. What's to say he can't do that again? It may take him all season to hit this prop, but I right. have a feeling that they set this right. I, I do think that he's going to at least get two wins because Christopher Bell is one of those sneaky guys that, you know, it, it's, not, it's not sexy to cheer for him every week. It's not sexy to bet on him every season, but by hook or by crook, if I can steal phrases from other famous people, uh, he'll get you there. And, and, you know, again, at minus 150, is it too expensive for me to pay this? Eh, I mean, like you say, Cody, you only pay the juice if you lose. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that this will come down before the season starts or as we get closer to the season. So this may be your best opportunity to take him at one and a half because it may not stay this way much longer. Yeah, I think there's a pretty solid case to be made for him winning more than than one and a half. You got six road courses. He's good at road courses. He won at the, I think it was the Daytona road course um, a couple seasons ago. Obviously, one of his his wins was at the Charlotte Roval. Did he earn that one? You know, <laughs> probably not so much. But again, if you take the checkered flag, you're the winner. So you give it to him, right? Um, but so he's proven he can do it on those. You got six of those. Although the the road course field is getting crowded with drivers who are good at it. It's not... Not like it was a few years ago where Elliott and Truex just won out all of them. Um, but so that that has shifted for sure. Uh, if I, I'm probably staying away from this. If I'm going to bet it, I'm probably just taking the under because preseason unders, we see this in football and stuff, right? If you're going through props and whatnot, under is almost always the better way to take things. Now, maybe that's more so for injury and stuff, but there's just so many unseens and obviously you start by winning the bet until he wins two races, right? So that that there's an advantage to that. But since it's plus 120, I probably would take the under if, if you feel like you have to bet on it. But this is one that, that's really tough for me, and I, I think I'm going to stay away from this one. Yeah, I, again, it's, it's a tough one because you pretty much are sure that the over is going to cash. But at the same time, I mean – you can make so many cases against it. And just, just even pointing to this season, how long it took him to get there. I mean, the conditions may not be the same. It's just, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I, I, I don't like the price. It doesn't make me feel all that great. So, um, yeah, I think I'll stay away from this as well. But if you are a, a Christopher Bell truther, this is your opportunity to jump in because, like I said, I don't think it's going to get any better for you if you want more than, more than a uh, win and a half. Yeah. And if you're a Christopher Bell fan, I do this with all my favorite teams, right? I like to bet the overs except for the Huskers the last few years because I just emotionally hedge. But uh, otherwise, you know, I like to throw a few bucks on my favorite team to win the Super Bowl, all this stuff. So if you are a Christopher Bell fan, betting the over is not a bad idea. I, I, you can easily make the case for it and, and can easily see him winning it. So don't feel bad about making that bet for sure. Indeed. Okay, well, let's move over to the next driver, formerly of the Gibbs family, and that is the newly minted Richard Childress Racing. Kyle Bush is over under is set at stop me if you heard this one one and a half wins. Now the only thing here is that Kyle Bush and we talked about this a little bit too, Cody. I know you're going to hammer the over on this one. It's over <laughs> one and a half. 
This is at plus 120. The under is at minus 150. They do this because bookmakers are looking at last season where they saw Kyle Busch only win one race, eight top fives, 17 top tens. They did not watch the season. They did not pay attention to how Kyle Busch got to where he was at and the storylines that got him into the new ride in Richard Childress. Now, brand new team, brand new opportunity. Uh, just And Cody's talked about this several times over, and he's going to talk about it again right now. The, the, just the opportunity for him to go out and and drive his ass off, that's going to be Kyle Busch's season in a nutshell. So I, I think already I know where you're leaning, but I'm going to back you on this before you, you start making your case in that you got to hammer this over at one and a half. He's going to get to two. He's probably going to get to three wins, maybe even more. You know me so well, Rod, don't you? I mean, you know. <laughs> but I do. I have not been a huge Kyle Busch fan over the years, really. I, I don't mind the guy. Actually, I've started to kind of like him a little more lately, just as you kind of get to know him a little more behind the scenes with his family and whatnot. But I love me some Kyle Busch this year so much. We talked about it when we did the Daytona 500 show, right? He's 18 to 1, 20 to 1, something like that. Already placed the bet on him to win the Daytona 500. I've got an article coming out about Daytona 500 odds. Again, heaped more praise on him there. We talked about it in the championship episode where we we're looking at the championship odds. I had an article out also with championship odds, and I heaped more praise on him there. I love me some Kyle Busch this year. You're getting it at plus money. I can see the case for the under, right? He only won one race last year, and back to – Guys who necessarily didn't deserve to win the races, right? He won Bristol Dirt where he was third place on the last lap until the first two guys wrecked out and he snuck into the win, right? So the, the case can be made for the under, right? And you say, well, he's leaving Joe Gibbs, the big powerhouse, right? He's going to lowly Richard Childress. But that number eight car won three races last year. Two of those were road courses. Kyle Busch probably not going to win a road course, but uh, we've talked about it. I've talked about it to nauseum, but... Kyle Busch is going to bring a rejuvenated everything to that Richard Childress team. I think we're going to see it big time. I think he is out to prove everybody that he can still do it. He can do it wherever he's at, whatever car he's in. You want him to go Joe Weatherly and race for nine different drive owners, he'll do it and he'll win in those cars. He has got something to prove. He's going to prove something over one and a half. This is very, very easy bet for me to make. So initially, and, oh, yeah, plus 120. So initially, oh, yeah. though, what 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 did you think? I mean, when you were thinking about win totals and, and you were trying to figure out yourself uh, where where you thought they would be, did you think it would be this low? Yeah, I, I would say probably – I would say this is probably where I thought it would be just because he only won one last year because of the uncertainty of, of him switching to RCR. And it seems like from what I've seen and heard and read, a lot of people aren't big on him going to, to RCR and – they think it's a downgrade, and I don't view it that way. I, I think he's going to come out and win the Daytona 500. The only thing that's missing from his illustrious resume, right? He's the winningest driver in NASCAR history across the top three series. He's got over 200 series wins in the top three series. He's got multiple championships in the Cup Series. He just doesn't have that Daytona 500 win. I think he comes out and right away, and then the storyline immediately is going to be, Holy shit, Kyle Busch and RCR equipment, watch out. I I just think this is Kyle Busch's season, and I could see, and I've already bet it, Kyle Busch winning the championship at the end of this season. I think Kyle Busch, 
it, oh, man, I wish we could get alternate lines, right? I would bet Kyle Busch over four wins, over over four and a half even if I could get it. I think we set Kyle Busch in victory lane a minimum of three times this year, but I think he could win five or six races. Woo, I'm going to clip that. We're, we're coming back to that one. Timestamp, uh, 40-some-up. Okay, we're going to – yeah, I'm going to clip that one. That that one's going on – that one's going on the fridge right there, buddy. Um, all right, well, so listen, obviously Kyle Busch is going to be the, the topic of many, many conversations to come over the next bet of the season. So uh, I like that at plus money. Again, over one and a half, kind of a no-brainer. Doesn't even have to win four or five. He just has to win two, which is well within his realm of possibility. So I like that. Um, all right, let's 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 move over to some uh, Hendrick drivers now, and we'll talk about Alex Bowman. I, I don't, I don't want to say that they got lazy, bookmakers did, but I guess with the amount of winners that were last season – I they guess just all one and a half. I guess the, the number. I guess the number one and a half just sort of stuck in their. Cr- <laughs> They're just like, listen, everybody's at one and a half. Let's just figure out where to juice this damn thing. Uh, but Alex Bowman set at one and a half. His over is juiced at minus one fifty. His under at plus one twenty. So initially, you know, you look at Alex Bowman and look at I love I love the forty eight car. I do. I, I, in fact, it holds a special place in my heart. But it has not been the same since Jimmy's left, and it certainly is not the same uh, since Alex Bowman has taken over as far as what he's been able to do with it. Last season, he did get in the victory lane, which, you know, got him into the playoffs, but he had four top fives, 12 top tens, and down the stretch was just terrible for Alex Bowman. The last three races, 32nd at Bristol, 29th at Fort Worth, and 34th at Phoenix, just a a horrendous back end of the run there for for Bowman in that 48 car. Uh, look, one and a half is perfect for him because I just don't think he's going to get uh, two wins this season at all. I, I think that one was enough for him, and that was in Las Vegas early in the season, right? That was where he just sort of dominated. And he was, he was good in the beginning half of the season. Uh, tons of top fives, a couple of top tens, or uh, tons of top tens, a couple of top fives. But after that, the, the second half of that season, he fell off. And, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but in the stable of Hendrick, you, you want to talk about ranking drivers, obviously it goes Elliot Larson or Larson Elliot, depending on... on interchangeable. Interchangeable. Top, yep. Yeah, and then Byron and then Bowman. Yeah, I think that, that I just mentioned a minute ago, but I think he's clearly the fourth guy in that stable. Give me the under on this and to be juiced to the under. I guess maybe you're juicing the over because he races for Hendrick. Okay. But no, absolutely give me the under on this. I think it's mispriced. Plus 120. Love Alex Bowman. Love the 48 car. He's going through a crew chief change, right? Greg Ives retires. Blake Harris is coming in. Blake Harris had a lot of success with Michael McDowell in the 34 last season. Yes, but crew chief changes, we've seen it before. They're hit and miss, but a lot of times it takes these guys a while to figure each other out, figure out how to talk to each other, figure all this uh, other stuff out. And I just... I do not see this. He can do it, of course. He's in Hendrick equipment. We've seen him win some races. It seems like he pops up and wins the most random races half the time. But, yeah, no thank you. I'll definitely take the under on this. Again, juiced up a, a plus money. Man, I I really like the way they set these odds because it's. I don't feel like I'm overpaying on any of these things, right? It just, to me, it doesn't make sense. Again, he he's fourth in the pecking order over there at Hendrick. 
and now that's a great place to be, right? You'd almost rather be fourth at Hendrick than first a lot of places, of course. But it it, it does stretch out those resources, and, and you're not getting as good of stuff as Larson and Elliott, and even he's not getting as good of stuff as Byron is. And two wins, he could do it, but I, I don't don't see him winning more than two. I would be very shocked to see him win more than two races. And I think getting to two is going to be a little bit of a struggle. So I'm, I'm definitely taking the under on one and a half here. Yeah. And I, I probably would have set this at a half. I don't, I don't really know why it's at one and a half. Well, and again, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm wondering exactly what the thought process was in these bookmakers uh, to just sort of say, well, I guess, I guess if it's at a half, you're just smashing the over probably. Mm, yeah. And it would have to be too juiced up. Maybe that's why they put it at one and a half, even though to me, it makes it a clear under, uh, I guess you can see the argument for the over. So so maybe they did set it correctly, I guess. But but to me, I definitely am not taking the over. Well, but does it, though? Does it make it a clear over at a half? I mean, you know. No, that's true. It's yeah, not, you can make the argument he doesn't win any, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the Vegas win was not necessarily that dominant. So, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it's Yeah, true. I don't know. But that's why we don't make the half. books. That's why. <laughs> if it's juiced at plus one twenty at one and a half, what's under a half? <laughs> that's that's why we try to break the books and not set the books. So exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's move down to his other. We just we kind of touched on it just a second ago, but William Byron is next. Surprise, surprise. Same win total. Surprise, surprise. Same juice. Minus one fifty for the over. Plus one twenty for the under. Uh, but this is a case where. Um, Oh, wait, did I skip over one? I did. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. It's William Byron. Um, but again, this is the same case. a different order than mine is, so I don't want bouncing all over the place. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I'm, I'm taking you in I'm places. just following your lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so William Byron, again, is Hendrick teammate uh, over there in the 24. Obviously, uh, just one of the more dominant racers in the beginning of the season, right? I mean, we were talking about William Byron grabbing his championship odds like a couple races into the season because we thought for sure that he'd be up there. A couple of early wins in Atlanta and Martinsville had him looking pretty good. Uh, but the rest of the season, not really noteworthy. Went on to only have five top fives overall, 11 top tens. His average finish, 15.6. He didn't finish six races altogether. I mean, again, this was a rough, a rough go for him in the second half of the season. Uh, that 24 car looked good early, fell off. But again... His win total is set at one and a half. He did win two races last season. Cody, can he repeat that is the question. This is a tougher one. I'm, I'm torn on this. And even though it's juiced at minus 150, I lean towards the over. Again, we both view him as, as the third guy at Hendrick. And that's still down on the pecking order, but it is up a step, right? We could make the case for Moman to win too, so... You, that means you have to be able to make a case for, for Byron to win, too. He's a very good super speedway racer, right? He won at Atlanta last year, won at Daytona the year before. So that opens up those extra races where he can steal them because he is good at those types of tracks. And it's a tough one. This is one and a half is a good line on this one for sure. I don't love laying minus 50 juice on it, but I'm going to. I, I think that we see William Byron get to victory lane twice again in 2023. He He's an up-and-coming driver still, a very young guy, but he's done a very good job there, and he's gotten wins. I mean, at the beginning of the season, after the first five races last year, you could have made the argument he was going to, you know, one of the best drivers in the new car right off the bat. Like, wow, look at the way he came out of the gate 
just you know guns a blazing and it fell off from there and maybe they've got some stuff they need to learn but i was impressed with the way he started and so yeah i think again not when i'm i'm running to the window to to place either direction but if i'm going to i think i'll go over even though it is minus 150 such an interesting dynamic though in that hendrick garage you you know you when you look at the top couple of drivers obviously elliot and larson are, are just kings right and then Bowman and Byron are, are great drivers in their own right, but I don't, I just, you never think about them in the same breath as the other two, right? And it, and it didn't feel like that when it was Jimmy and, and Jeff uh, in the garage because there was always guys like Casey Kane, uh, even Kyle Busch for a little bit, right? And and then when, when Dale Earnhardt came over and, you know, all these guys were circling through, they were all still like big name drivers in their own right. And it wasn't as if there was this, giant teardrop off between the top two and the bottom two yeah it, it does seem it, it almost seems like two different teams over there right you got you got Hendrick team a and Hendrick team b and it's it's very clear I mean even at Gibbs especially last year with the lineup they had I mean you could make an argument that that they're all pretty close yeah Denny and Kyle you, you're gonna put a step above but Bell ends up having the better season and, and Truex is a former champion and has done it before too so you could kind of make the argument you go over to like Stuart Haas. Yeah, Kevin Harvick's the top of the tier. You probably got Chase Briscoe next, and then it's the other guys. But but at Hendrick, it's so very clearly. I mean, Elliott and Larson, right? They're the favorites to win the championship. Both are tied at the top of the board. When we get to their win totals, we get away from the one-and-a-half stuff, right? Because one-and-a-half would be a no-brainer. You just smash the over no matter what the juice is. But their, their win totals are, are bigger, and for good reason, because they are the top two guys, and like we talked about, interchangeable at the top, right? I wouldn't say that one is necessarily bigger than the other one, and they're both champions. They won back-to-back in 20 and 21. They've got that experience, and they are just top of the sport right now as far as drivers go. And then it's like, well, here's William Byron and Alex Bowman, and again, right, third place at Hendrick, better than first place a lot of other places. But when you're comparing it to the top-tier guys there, it is such a massive drop-off. It's a weird dynamic over there. In box number one, you've got third place at Hendrick. In box number two, you've got top car at Ware Racing. Where? Who are you picking? <laughs> well, yeah, that's not even close. Well, but, so uh, <laughs> so look, I'm just saying it's like the NASCAR. It's NASCAR you even, uh, I mean, yeah, video games yeah, all over again. Put, like Petty GMS, would you rather be the top driver there? Or would you rather be fourth place at Hendrick, right? Yeah. You'd probably rather be fourth place at Hendrick. So. It is strange, and William Byron and Alex Bowman are both great race car drivers. Uh, this is one of the strongest lineups we've seen at Hendricks since it was Jeff and Jimmy and Dale over there. Like Jeff, Jimmy, Dale, and Mark Martin, I think were yeah. four at one point. Like hell of a fucking lineup there. This yeah. one's maybe not that good, but still, you're in a good place, right? These four guys are locked up for years. This is going to be the Hendrick lineup going forward for the, for the foreseeable future. So they're in a good place. It is just crazy the tier drop off that, that there is between the top two and the bottom two drivers. Well, we'll ask Jimmy Johnson about the uh, petty GMS, whether he'd rather be over <laughs> there or at, uh, at we Hendrick. need, we need uh over under wins on, on Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> oh my God, please. Somebody give me those. Uh, yeah, I, I would take the under, but, uh, and I just know. a note too, I guess we probably should mention this top, but it is, it does specify they must run all the scheduled races and points races only count. So yeah, you win the clash, you win the duels, you win the all-star. Those don't count towards the win total. No, they do it's not. Just the 36 points races. 
All right, so would you rather be the fourth car at Hendrick or the first car at Trackhouse? That, my friend. That is a tough one. That is a tough one because we move to Ross Chastain. (laughs) Hey, Cody, tell me, what do you think that the the total is at this one? Okay, because I have not looked, but I'm going to guess one and a half. You are correct, sir. One and a half. This is a hard game. <laughs> Ross Chastain's win total at one and a half. The over on this one is juiced at 150. So obviously the books are like, okay, we're giving you this low number, but we're going to juice it to the point where we we already know that you know that we know that it's probably going to go over. Under is pl- uh, plus 120 uh, for the same total, obviously. Uh, obviously we, we know Ross Chastain, the, the melon shot, the the hail melon, the whatever you want to call it, that that's going to live forever in all of our memories in NASCAR lore. But the two wins that he rattled off early in the season, the 15 top fives, the 21 top tens, let those not be forgotten because Ross Chastain did assert himself as one of the more dominant drivers and and I think the one to watch going forward. Uh, him and Daniel Suarez, I think, are going to do some big things this season. They've got a ton of confidence now heading into the 2023 season because NASCAR did exactly what they wanted to do and and show that any car could compete at any point, at any time with this new car. And Ross Chastain, I don't want to say single-handedly, but very much was responsible for ushering in that mindset as far as, yes, we can win. We're not one of these big three, four teams. We're this, this little scrappy track house team. But we're coming in and we're gonna we're gonna make some noise. And at one and a half, Cody, this one, when when some of those are feel like eh, minus one fifty feels like too expensive. I this is not too expensive. This is literally your motto that you only pay the juice if you lose. Um, and, and you have to take the over on this one because I don't think I don't think he's gonna stop at two wins this season. Did you say fifteen top fives? I said fifteen top fives. So you have guys that got four top fives over the season that have the same line juice the same way that to me is crazy. Now I don't necessarily think that I'm not as sold on over one and a half as you are uh, as just a smash option. My argument against it would be he only won two races last year and they were both earlier in the season. Right. And then as dominant as he seemed, there was a drop off for a while Obviously, the crazy Martinsville finish. He gets the final four. He finishes second in the point standings. But is Trackhouse, are they going to continue to take this this big step forward like they already have? Or are we going to see that regress a little? I don't want to say that we're going to see it regress because of what we saw them do this past season, right? Three wins in only their second season in the Cup Series to make the final four with Ross Chastain. Obviously we all know about the past and we know that he was close. I mean, 15 top fives is impressive. Second to only chase Elliott. He had the most consistent season easily of anybody in the field. Right. And so I do think you have to lean the over, but at the same time, you have to think that the books are factoring in that people are going to smash the over, right? Because it, it, it feels trappy to me because anybody that's not a NASCAR fan, if they look at the odds, they're going to be like, oh, Ross Chastain, I saw the way that guy drives. I'm, I'm taking this, right? That's my only hesitation. It, it, almost seems, it almost seems like it should be set at two and a half, right? Maybe. And so that, that makes you feel like, well, yeah, I got to lay the one and a half, right? 
But then we know we know in the past when you do stuff like that, it's like, oh, this is the obvious one, right? And then you're like, wow, how did the books know that Aaron Rodgers was going to throw for 229 yards and not 229 and a half? No, I'm not still bitter about that from last week. But uh, <laughs> really, they set the line at 229 and a half. I take the over, and he throws for 229. How? Oh, jeez. Anyways, that's another topic for another day. But. <laughs> I, I do agree with you. I, I think you have to go over. I just, I'm still sort of hesitant. I'm not, I guess I'm not as sold as you are on it. Well, look, and most of my most of my arguments come from not just the fact that he won early in the season, but I mean the way he finished last season. Yeah, obviously that that hail mail in at Martinsville was that was just historic. I mean, you can't even there's right. I don't know if there's a word that really adequately describes exactly what it is. But before that, he was second place in Vegas, second place at Homestead. Then he follows up with a third place at Phoenix. Like it wasn't as as if he was finishing off the season in thirtieth position, in twentieth position. Like he was up there at the front every single race. And look, we know that he'll go balls out to to even finish fourth. Uh, so yeah, he didn't get across the finish line this time. But you know, he's got another season under his belt in this equipment. Maybe that second place turns into a first place, and we get three wins or four wins. You know, or that third place at Phoenix. We know that there was mitigating circumstances all over the, the track that day um, that were making things difficult for those drivers. So, I don't know. I mean, look, to me, I just feel like this is an easy two-win season for Ross Chastain. Above that, I I don't know. You know, again, it, it's difficult to predict three wins unless we're talking about maybe Kyle Busch or, you know, other guys like that like we've been predicting. But for a guy like Ross Chastain, I think two wins, I think that's doable for him. Yeah, and I mean, it goes in his favor, right? He wanted a road course. He's good at those. You got six of those. He wanted a super speedway. He's good at those. You got six of those. That's 12 very good opportunities to win right there that, that not necessarily everybody in the field has, right? Because we know there's a lot of guys who can't win at road courses. There's a lot of guys who can't, Kyle Larson, win at super speedways. <laughs> so it just uh, – it, it does open up the opportunities – 15 top fives that's what really just stands out to me how consistently he was up front right and maybe maybe the the feud with denny and everything got in his head for a little bit that's why we kind of saw him fade away a little bit at some point and it was like ah, oh, we can't touch him even and maybe he doesn't have that this this next year and that goes away obviously denny never really repaid him and that came back to bite him at martinsville uh but yeah, I, I I think you gotta go over. I just it scares me a little, but but again, gun to my head, I gotta pick one right now. I'm gonna take the over with you. Maybe the payback was just the mental infliction that he was gonna pay him back at some point, right? I mean, maybe yeah. maybe oh, it was hey. like I'm gonna get you, and you're always looking over your you're shoulder, always looking over your shoulder. Yeah. yeah, that's you know, hey, and maybe it worked for a little while, right? What? So, How I Met Your Mother. You ever watch that show? I have not. Okay, Sorry. so there, there is, for those of you who have, you guys know what I'm talking about when I talk about the slot bet, where there's a slot bet that's made, and or there's a bet that's made, and the payment is a slot. And so the slot can come anywhere, anytime, and, and could happen at any place. So, but there was a one there was like, the slap is coming, right? And the guy knew it was coming. And all day long, he was like, oh, bracing for it. Every time the guy would reach for a, a thing of, of beans, it was always like, ah. So, you know, that's kind of, I think, what happened where, where Denny was like, I'm going to get you. And Ross was always like, oh, is this the time? Oh, 
Oh, is this no? Yep. I similar thing with my daughter. I we did it earlier. I she right, she's doing something and I scared her. <laughs> and then I walk up behind her again and she's like jumpy, like, oh and I go, What's the matter? She goes, I thought you were gonna scare me again. I'm like, I'm not gonna scare you when you're expecting it. And then every time I walk by, she's looking back, like, Oh, is he gonna get me this time? And then <laughs> You wait until she's not looking, and then you get her again, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Denny Hamlin did to Ross Chastain all last season. He's like, I got you. He's like, no, you don't. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's move on to a driver you are intimately familiar with, and that is your favorite man, one Chase Elliott. Uh, his over-under is set at three and a half. Cody, I said something other than one. His over-under is set at three. Oh, there's something besides one and a half? I, know, wow. I don't know. This time they were like, no, 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 it can't be one and a half. You got to put it higher. So the three and a half, uh, juiced over at minus 130. Uh, under is at plus 100. Um, I mean, look, we already know your philosophy on Elliott. Uh, you got to look back at what he did last season just to be utterly impressed. Five wins, 12 top tens. Or, I'm sorry, 12 top fives, 20 top tens. Uh, but his average finish was only 12 and a half. That's the little, that's, that's what's frustrating is because he had five wins, but, and we talked about consistency down the stretch and everything, but it just, parts of his season unraveled. And then of course, you know, cardboard gate happened, all that other good stuff. But, you know, at, at this three and a half, Cody, do you see a path to four for Chase Elliott this season? Okay. So three, he, so he wins five last season, right? So already you're well over the half. Let's let's look back at uh Indy Road Course. Second place going into the green white checkered gets dumped by the Daniel Suarez, Ryan Blaney, whatever the hell happened there. Had a chance to win that. Maybe he didn't get that one, but he was going to be pretty close, right? Let's go to Watkins Glen. Dumped by Kyle Larson on the restart as he's leading the race, green white checkered at the end of the race. So that's potentially six and seven wins, right? Now let's go to cardboard game. I mean, the Charlotte Roval, where he's obliterating the field, Max Verstappen style. Cardboard's on the track for 50 laps. They decide they want to throw a stupid caution late, and he gets screwed out of it. Now we're up to eight wins. Okay, Road America. Let's go there. He dominates that race, and Tyler Reddick runs him down at the end and passes him with a couple laps to go, but... Had that race been a couple laps shorter, that's nine wins already. So uh, Elliott could have easily had nine wins, and we're talking about a Kyle Larson type of season from the season before, right? First season in this new car, he showed up, he did well. He gets five wins, and what's he known as? The road course king. He didn't win any of the six road courses, although I just laid out the case he should have won three of them, right? And, and you go back to Sonoma, maybe he should have won there too, where he was leading, and then he had a pit road penalty, got screwed, stuck in the back, and Daniel Suarez goes on to win. So multiple times where you can make cases, he could have won up to 10 races like Kyle Larson. We'd be talking a lot differently than, than we are about him now anyways. But three and a half to me is way too low. Obviously, now I am a Chase Elliott fan. We've disclosed that before, right? I grew up a Bill Elliott fan, love Chase as well. So I'm going to lean towards the over anyways. But I still feel like we just talked about it, right? He's the championship favorite, co-favorite with Kyle Larson to win the title. He won the title two seasons ago, won the regular season championship last year. All the stage wins, all everything else, racked up all those points and pointed it despite a horrible playoffs where he didn't do well 
although he should have won a race at Throwville. But uh, other than that, like he still pointed his way in to, at the final four, even though he didn't really earn it in the playoffs because of the regular season he had. Uh, I, I don't see how he's going to take a step back from that, right? He's at the top of his game right now. He's a young up-and-coming driver still, despite being a champion. He's only in his sixth, seventh season now, and he's gotten the results. He's proved he's at the top of the board, championship favorite for a reason. It's set all the way up at three and a half for a reason, and five last year potentially could have won up to ten. I see him blowing this out of the water. To me, I feel like it should have been set higher. I would have thought he would be four and a half even because he won five last year. So, and only minus 130 on the over. It, uh, again, and he can do, he can win road courses, right? We got six of those. Now, I know he didn't win any last year, but six chances to win those super speedways. He won at Atlanta. Uh, I think he won at Talladega as well. So he can win on those as well. Again, that's the 12 opportunities we talked about earlier. And he's good other places too, right? And we know Hendrick, we just talked about it. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the garage. So, yeah, for me, three and a half, this is an easy one. Um, I'll smash the over on Chase Elliott there. Well, and you sort of alluded to it just a second ago where it's like the over is at minus 130. So it, it wasn't even like they felt as strongly about it as they felt about the over one and a half for a guy like Ross Chastain. I mean, they were like, yeah, it, he's probably going to end up doing it, but maybe he won't. And and I think, I think you have made – the perfect point oh, just overall in the fact that Chase Elliott probably has a better path to four than does a guy like uh, Martin Truex has a, a path to two. So uh, it, it's crazy to say that, but I mean, I absolutely agree that there's no way I don't see uh, Chase Elliott winning anything less than five again. I mean, it, in last season, it was a matter of he got screwed out of a lot of different opportunities, yes, uh, which, which took it away from him. So for for Chase Elliott, I mean, this number doesn't scare me a lot. It's crazy to say that, but it really doesn't. Um, I, I like him to win at least four. So go ahead and book that now because it makes me wonder when we do this in about two more weeks uh, and more books start to come out with their win totals as far as what we're going to see and the line movement and, and try to figure out whether or not other books are going to adjust and say, hey, maybe this is a little too low or maybe this is too juiced or maybe we need to set the line even higher. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that, yeah, I think it should be higher. And again, only minus 130 for, for being one of the, the best drivers in the series, for being a championship favorite for what he did last year, uh, I think three and a half is a smash for me. Indeed. Okay, let's close it up with one more chase. This is not Chase Elliott. This is Chase Briscoe. Uh, his win total, a little more manageable at 0.5. So we're just expecting Chase Briscoe to get... Hey, there's not a one in front of that? There's not a one in front of that. They <laughs> used up all the ones on Chase's before, the Elliott's before. They're like, we, we, we've used up all of our numbers. We got we to gotta conserve numbers here. Uh, but Chase Briscoe last season, one win, six top fives, 10 top tens. Average finish of 17.3. Look, we talked about that 14 car quite a bit as far as how it necessarily wasn't the best of Stuart Haas's uh, offerings out there on the track week after week. I mean, our Discord channel loved to light up with a lot of Chase Briscoe talk, but ultimately it just did not necessarily come to fruition. 
wasn't an exciting car to watch by any stretch of the imagination. So we're coming here at a half a win for Chase Briscoe. The over is juiced at minus 145. The under is at plus 115, which actually surprises me because they really are expecting Chase Briscoe to get a win this season. But my question to you, Cody, he won at Phoenix early in the spring and disappeared for the rest of the season. Can he can he duplicate that again? No, give me the under. He's not going to win a race this year. Uh, we, we see this, right, with these guys on good teams. They'll pop up, win a race here and there. We didn't really see anything else from him. He, he looked good. He looked okay early in the season. Then he jumps up, wins this race at Phoenix. I, I feel like that was like a late restart. He kind of battled it out and beat Ross Chastain, I think it was, and and scored the win. Great story. That's awesome. You're only putting Kevin Harvick at one and a half, right? And he's easily the top dog over at Stuart Haas. And you're, you're arguing that maybe he's not even going to get to one and a half. How's Briscoe going to win a race? I don't see it. Not much of a super speedway guy. Not much of a road course guy. He does okay on the road courses, but but yeah, I don't see. Again, I think we see a little regression in either the number of winners or who it is that's winning the races. And so I'm going to go with the under on Briscoe. It's juiced up. Maybe he snags a win. I don't see him getting more than one for sure. Um, and so I'm just going to play it safe and go with the under on half for Briscoe. I just I don't see it from him. And again. Stuart Haas, it seems like it, it's <laughs> talk about tiers there, right? It's Kevin Harvick and then a massive drop off. And then there's like, I think they have four different tiers for all four of their drivers. Uh, we'll see this year with Ryan Priest. Maybe that changes a little, but, but I, I like Ryan Priest to win a race more than I like Chase Briscoe to win a race. Um, and I think we could see Ryan Priest slide up into that second driver at, at Stuart Haas, honestly, in my opinion, because I think he's that good of a driver. Um, so yeah, give me the under on, on Chase Briscoe. Yeah, it's frustrating that Chase Briscoe, you know, is there. I mean, can he pop up and win? I mean, he did last season, which is probably what every what the books are hoping that everybody uh, uh, kind of remembers and, and wants to pay up for that. But I mean, in the pantheon of, of drivers that I think can win again this season, definitely he's not one of them. Um, I just don't see his car being as competitive as uh, as as it should be. So. Yep, Chase Briscoe under. I like that. Obviously, we'll revisit these as more lines come up, but we'll also we still have plenty more drivers we're going to get to. Uh, I think we're going to come back tomorrow and break down the rest of them uh, because we've gone kind of long tonight <laughs> because we're excited about actual. Oh odds. man, this the, these are the these are the really. I mean, every episode of this show is fun. I always have a great time with you, but man, we got some fresh new odds, new stuff to talk about. Right? It's exciting. I love this kind of stuff and. Again, there's so much to cover in all these guys. So, yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm ready to come back for some more. We, we can just hit stop and record another one if you want. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's. <laughs> well, my family may not like that so much. Let's yeah, come back tomorrow. mine either. But yeah. let's, let's just hit let's just hit record tomorrow, shall we? Okay. Guys, uh, let us know in the Discord. Uh, and then, of let's course, on Twitter. Some number 59 stats. Wait, oh, yeah, there you go. Hey, I, I'll come back with some 1973 <laughs> stats. Uh, all right, perfect. That That works for me. Uh, all right, Cody. Well, then let's wrap it up tonight. We'll come back and start off tomorrow with a fresh new set of uh, of driver totals. We'll finish off whatever list is is available here to us. So before we do that, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yes, go bet. Kyle Busch over, Chase Elliott over, Martin <laughs> Trucks under. If you didn't get anything else from the show, take that, please. But yes, follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. If you listen to this before the Thursday night game, literally as we were recording here. Uh, my Thursday night pro best bets and props article got published. 
So got that for football out there. I got another one for the Saturday is the main slate this week in the NFL Christmas Eve. Uh, that'll be coming out later this week. Uh, F1 championship odds. One just came out recently. I got an IndyCar championship odds coming out. Got some more NASCAR stuff in the works too. It's all, all out there. Lots of fun stuff going on right now. So follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Follow the show as well at NASCAR Gambling. And yeah, let's come back tomorrow and, uh, and pick some more over-unders. Hey, everybody else in the sport may sleep. We don't. We bring you everything we can at the times that we can bring them to you. So follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio still to everything that I've got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it is in between media. It's all right there for you. Just like Cody said, follow the show, get in the Discord, talk to us. And listen, we don't talk much about reviews and all that stuff, but look, the bosses love to hear from you. We love to hear from you, but we already hear from you all the time. The bosses want to hear from you, so leave a review, leave us a, a, a rating and all that stuff on your favorite podcast catcher. Let us know how we're doing. Let the bosses know, more importantly, how we're doing as we ramp up to season two. I mean, even, I don't know. Can we consider seasons? Whatever. Anyways, uh, yeah, leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you. The bosses love to hear from you. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back tomorrow with the rest of these drivers and break down their win totals for you. So until then, let's go racing and let it ride. Oh, no.